0: This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful Mike Zell. Mike, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do this. Yes. Thank right. you. Let's go. And Mike, this is this is our third time. So... You are you are piling up appearances on the Lifeblood Life podcast.
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know what, this might be a new record for me. I tend not to do the same, uh, the same uh, podcasts and and sessions multiple times. I enjoy yours so much. I I just can't stay away, George. <laughs> I,
0: I I love it. Well, to refresh everybody's memories, Mike is the founder and CEO of Yellowbird. He is a Y driven leader. He's been responsible for creating, building, launching new concepts at companies, resulting in multiple successful exits over the course of your 25 plus year career. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Great intro. Thank you. Um, you know, why i do what i do is such an interesting question um and i'm realizing as i get a little bit older that it's maybe not as over the plate as i thought it was um as i come to realize what really fires me up and and gets me out of bed every morning and that i love is might be a might be a little bit deeper of a of a question than i otherwise uh, would normally say but about me i um you know i'm a I'm an old dude with a wife and two kids. I have been married 22 years uh, to a great partner, Jennifer, and um, got a son who's just about to graduate from Brophy here in Phoenix, Arizona, and a daughter who's just about to go into Xavier. So one going out of high school and one going into high school and uh, one going into college, apparently, uh, which is exciting. Um, What I do and my, my passion is... Uh, the integration of human beings and technology, and the and, you know it's such a cliche in the why driven world, but really the the ability to meaningfully m- meaningfully impact uh, human beings through technology. I love tech. I've been in it my entire life, my entire existence as a uh, as a an adult, if you can call me that, is the process of finding technologies that uh have a positive impact on the world and it's uh it's a passion of mine
0: nice well i appreciate that congratulations on 22 years of marriage and on (laughs) raising what sound like responsible young adult young young people soon to be responsible young adults so
1: Thank you. I uh, game is not over, but they are pretty darn good kids. They're pretty darn good kids. And, um, you know, I'm very proud of of both of them. They're very different. Um, but they both have good values and they're good human beings. And that is because of my wife. Um, there you you go. It really I'm. I have the best partner in the world. Outstanding. Nice. And she has um, raised some exceptional kids. I help, As much as i possibly can but she's the one who will literally read books uh you know textbooks with my children if they need it just to make sure that they get what they need to out of their out of their schooling and their lives so it's a great thing
0: awesome so raising a child takes enormous resources it takes money takes attention takes energy just like starting a company uh, it takes money, attention, energy, and probably a lot more than we realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a chance to catch up a month or so ago, and we talked about doing this episode. And you said, you know what? I don't think people really realize just how much money it takes to start a company. So that's what I'm hoping to talk about today.
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. And it's not even how much money, as much as it is, the process you would need to go through in order to fund a startup. So it's not really a dollars and cents thing as much as it is understanding what's necessary to end not getting over your skis. And see, it's the piece that I get asked the most from young entrepreneurs, people who want to start concepts. It's like, how much does it cost to do X? And the reality is, is that you almost don't even, you shouldn't even think of it that way. You know, there are one baby step in front of the other ways of building an MVP, a minimum viable product to validate if your idea is even worth pursuing. And I often say to my wife's dismay, I've done this four times. um, You should just start. And even if it's something little, uh, just start. And if it gains momentum and you get the support that you need from the community, And you can figure out based on having the conversations, how, how you'll fund it will generally work itself out if there is a demand. And it's no, it's not easy. Um, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have had enough capital myself to build the MVP on my own without having to borrow money or, or things like that. But The more important piece, the piece that most people get stuck at is the talking about, you know, being afraid to talk about their concept, being afraid to talk about their value proposition, being afraid to talk about, um, take really tough feedback and think to yourself if it's real or if it's just somebody else's fear. You know, a lot of people give you advice because they're afraid. You know, they're afraid of failure. And so they tell you all the reasons it won't work. But then when you really think about it, it's like, those aren't really, really valid. Um, that being said, eventually you're going to have to raise capital. Um, and whether that means you raise it through loans from yourself, um, through your retirement or through your savings, um, whether you raise it through friends and families or or partners, or you go to the tech community. We have a wonderful startup tech community here in Phoenix eventually you need to put some capital to work in order to go from concept to an actual running business. And often that's where people get stuck the most of how do we do that? What is the first step? And for me, what I like to try and explain to folks is talk about your concept, get it, noodle it around, go to go to coffees with people, go to happy hours, um, invite somebody to your home to 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 splash around ideas, and you no, know, you're not inviting them to be your partner. You're inviting them to go down a journey with you to to validate if it's even a possible um, a solution that's worthwhile. And if you are fortunate enough to get one or two or five or ten customers, potential customers that would try. It, something and and you have to ask the question, would you pay for this? Which is always a good question. Not, would you use this? Would you pay for this? Because it's a business. Then, then when you have that you have an indication, you have a little bit of confidence. Okay. Now, if I build this thing, I know I have a few folks that have said, I will pay for that. And that starts the snowball. Um, don't overthink. It's a big part of all of this.
0: I love it. So, so many different tripping points, or I mean, maybe just walls where when people run into them, it causes probably a good percentage of people to stop. It's like, okay, I've got this idea, but I ran into this thing. It's my minimum viable product. I stop here. People get over that hump. And then it's uh, being comfortable to talk about it and share the ideas and to ask for advice and to take criticism. Mm -hmm. And then it's to ask would you actually pay for this
1: yes and the interesting piece of the equation um and and many people don't really understand this is you don't have to make a company profitable immediately and so they get overwhelmed by the concept of um wow this is going to burn this is going to burn some capital this is going to burn some money and you know i'm going to be losing money for 6 months or a year or 3 years or 5 years or whoever i mean depending upon what the business is now obviously if it's 3 or 5 years i think you're you're going to be in some trouble if you don't have a have a plan around that um but my company's we built it with the intent of losing money for 3 years we knew we were going to do that um we're burning less and less money every month and every quarter the The growth rate is exceptional and the profitability per transaction, which is what you need to look at, not as a company, but per transaction is getting more profitable. And so when you start looking at that, you say, all right, I can see a path to profitability. I can see path to making this work. And that will help you justify in your own head, which is the first piece of the equation, justify in your own head in your own heart that you Actually have something that has a path to be impactful, both in your own terms of success and economic success, because if it's a business eventually, and not so eventually in a recessionary period, you've got to have a path to make money.
0: So with with earlier um, companies that, that you've been involved with, this is which uh, iteration of of your entrepreneurial journey is is Yellowbird?
1: So I have been involved as an operating partner and owner in um, in two companies. I have been a founder and operator in two other companies, and um, and then I have been an investor and a board member in one company. Um, and that excludes my other investments in other companies. Um, so I've got five or six, uh, you know swings at, at bats um some have been very successful uh many have not mm-hmm. i was part of a uh de novo bank as they call it which is basically a fancy word for saying a startup bank Um mean and it was a really great idea in in 2006 we got our charter and went through fdic and dfi which is uh the federal um, um, department of in um, uh, it's basically the insurance. FDIC and Department of Financial Institutions. It, so one is the insurer, the federal insurer buying banks, and the other one's a financial regulatory um, body. And so between the two, um, we got our everything done. And we, as founders of the bank, put money together, and, and that's pure risk capital. Um, that's not money going into the bank. That is 100% risk capital. That's highly, highly uh, speculative. And um, we had to get a certain amount of money raised from companies and it wasn't raised. It was actually deposit commitments going to various companies and saying, yeah, if we open a tech focused, small business here, would you be interested in depositing money with us and letting us guide you on your, in your banking um, journey? And I wasn't going to be a banker. I was going to be on the board of directors and if the bank was making money, I'd be participating in that. And if the bank was not making money, then, well, I'd participate in that too. <laughs> and the, and the, uh, and the 08 meltdown hit and our charter got pulled and it went away. And there was nothing I could do. And there are certain things in life that you have to just say, all right, wasn't meant to be. And Not dwelling on it, not, oh, man, if I wouldn't have put all that money into something, or, man, why did we do this, everything else. The probabilities of it being successful and of it not being successful, who would have seen a uh, financial meltdown of 08 coming? Like, well, the big short guys did, but with the exception of them, who would have seen (laughs) (laughs) this coming? And uh, my timing just stunk. Um, and the reason I tell you that is even when you're doing everything right. I and mean, we had we had 11 of the best tech entrepreneurs in town on that board. Um, we had a great CEO who was a multi-time bank CEO. We had the charter that was hard earned and we got it. We had everything. We were about to open the doors. Mm. And the meltdown happened and it all shut down. And I don't say that to scare people, but i also have a very similar story with Yellowbird. Exactly the opposite. We got going and it was all coming together and we were all figuring it out. Uh, and it was, you know, th- as I like to say, three people and a goat. And, you know, we had a minimum viable product and we were, you know, We talked to a hundred customers that might be able to use our service. And we talked to a hundred professionals that might be willing to sign up on our service to be matched together. And in that circumstance, we kind of caught lightning in a bottle and, um, and it worked. And, and then it didn't. And then it worked again. And then it didn't. Because that's how startups are, you know, you're like, Oh my God, that was a great month. Oh no, that wasn't a good month. Oh, wow. That was a great month. It's like, and you go what's going on different this month than this month and you're trying to figure out what why did we get these big orders here and then they all stopped and why did this customer love us and the same customer in the same profile didn't love us for some reason you know the early days you're trying to figure out like what did we say to this group that we didn't say to this group and that's the beauty and the fun but it's also the stressful part about it because it's it's the aggravation of trying to do the New York times, uh, crossword puzzle. Mm-hmm. You're like, you for a moment. You feel like a genius and <laughs> the last moment. You feel like an idiot. You're like, <laughs> it's like four letters. Why can't I think of this? Oh, you know, it's the same thing. Why did the other word come out so easily? And this word is killing me. Right. It's the same thing with the business.
0: <laughs> what a great metaphor that is or, or analogy rather. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. So, I mean, perfect. You feel like 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 you're the best business person in the world one minute, and then you feel like you don't know how you ever made a dollar the uh, next minute. Yet you show up every day. You're you're leaving your how how do you manage your 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 emotions unless you're a Vulcan or something?
1: Yeah, it's re- it, it's very very challenging. Um, it's very challenging. You know, there have been and I will say this honestly and not something I talk about a ton, but there have been multiple occasions that I was trying to figure out how we were going to make payroll. And, you know, I have a wife and a, two kids and so does my co-founder Michelle and a husband and two kids. And we had, you know, we were waiting on a check to hit from a venture capitalist uh, on one of our rounds that was going long. And payroll was coming and perspiration was on your your forehead and you're like okay we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna make this happen uh, but i'm not sure how and you know you're going through every scenario it's like okay can you can i borrow from my 401k can i you know what's good what is my wife going to say if i even asked to do that what does that mean um do i have any investors in the earlier rounds that would be willing to loan us money and are we actually even would they would I be comfortable even asking for that? Um, you know, just because you have capital, are you willing to put more money in? Um, what, Even if you have it, are you willing, you know, that's going to buy you, it's going to buy you 30 days. I mean, what's going to happen in the next 30 days? It's going to not put you in the same position as you are today. These are all the things that go through your your head. And, you know, as you sit there and you you have to remember that, it's working like, and don't, or it's not. And be honest with yourself. And that I've had to do that too. And say, no, I'm not putting any more money in, um, and not here. Um, but you know, I've had, I've had those situations to say, all right, I, this isn't going to happen. And the hardest thing in the world is knowing the difference in that when it's your fear that's speaking. And when the data actually tells you this isn't working. And the data, like everything else, whether it's personal finance, whether it's investments, whether it's um, your personal health, um, data doesn't lie. And that's where things come really, um, you know, that's when things, you should be looking at the data as the truth teller and for me that's the most important piece of being an entrepreneur is you can be a great salesman you can even sell yourself for a little while but at some point you have to look at it and say is it really working you know not am i lying to myself of if i if i you know if i just keep pushing it's going to work at some point you're 9 months in you're a year in you have history you have data that's the piece where you look at it and say you know what this is going i can see a trend up and to the right this is working okay i'm gonna do i'm gonna keep going this is i I, this is gonna happen and it's when it's bouncing along pure flat on the floor for nine months a year you know like i'm burning my savings that's when you say okay let's be honest with it, ourselves and 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 honestly I commend all the spouses that go through this with us my my wife is a friggin gem um and she's risk averse which is the craziest part of all of this she I mean I always say she should have married an accountant mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you made a terrible decision yeah you know it's turned
1: out okay for us but uh, exactly Game ain't over. We'll see.
0: But so far, so good. So far, so good. Exactly. Exactly. Fear versus data. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful for you uh, sharing that with with everybody because there's so many people who are wanting or considering entrepreneurship and to be able to to take a sober, comprehensive look at everything that's that it really is required or and everything you're going to go through and experience. I think that the more people know that, that the better. So thank you.
1: Not all or nothing either. That's the other thing I would tell people, you don't have to quit your job and drop everything and give your entire life and soul to a concept that may or may not pan out yet. You can stay gainfully employed. I, I know a guy in town here who's got a million and a half dollar business and you know, that's, you know, that means that he's doing $100,000 plus a month and in, in gross revenue, not not profit, but in just gross revenue. And he's got a job and he's, you know, he's figured out how he wakes up very early in the morning. He outsources a whole bunch of stuff. He checks in on people that are doing things for him during the day while he's doing his normal job. There will become a time where it becomes obvious that in order to get to the next level, you have to do it full time you'll be surprised how long you could go. You know, it's, it's people think, well, in order to show my commitment to this idea, I need to do this full time and your stress level that is, it will become paralyzing if you do it too early.
0: That makes sense. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming back on. Where can people learn more about you and how can they engage
1: so I would love for people to um link in with me on LinkedIn. It's Michael.zal, Z-A-L-L-E. Um, goyellowbird.com is our, is our company, and we are a two-sided marketplace for environmental health and safety. So safety people, anything involving in safety, we we've got you covered on our platform. And um, if anybody wants to link in with me, I would love I I'm I'm an open connector. Um, I get more than enough pitches, so don't link in with me if you just want to pitch me things. But if you really want to build a relationship and a connection, I'm I'm happy to connect with you on LinkedIn.
0: Excellent. If you enjoyed as much as I did, show Mike your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find Michael on LinkedIn. It's Michael Zal. It's Z-A-L-L-E. And then check out his work at GoYellowBird.com all things environmental safety and just if you are a safety professional or if you have a company where there's people check it out and find out if there's an opportunity to uh to work together thanks again mike
1: thank you so much this was fun
0: and until next time remember do your part by doing your best